Welcome back to Cerrito Live. Here once again is Kevin Cerrito. Welcome back. We're about to play Hang Up and Listen. It's the part of the show that we turn over to you. Phone number is 360-8255. But every week when the sirens go off in the suburbs, we play Hang Up and Listen. And that is the part of the show where you get to decide what we talk about. And, 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 not only that, not only do you decide what we talk about, we also had the chance to win some great prizes. The first caller every week on Hang Up Listen gets $10 to Ease 24-hour cafe. Let's go eat at Ease. And uh, $5 to TCBY, the country's best yogurt. But you also, if you're the best caller during Hang Up and Listen, get a great grand prize. Drew, if you will, tell the listeners what they could win today on Hang Up and Listen. Do you want me to do it as an announcer voice like CJ always does? Yeah, like in CJ's announcer voice. Right. CJ out this week uh, taking a personal day. All right. The winner of Hang Up and Listen will receive Smoothie King Party Pack for 20. That was just like CJ. You kind of like had some weird pauses and everything. We'll give you a second chance in a little bit. Phone number is 360-8255. We're about to play Hang Up and Listen. What Drew just said, your grand prize is. That means the best caller during Hang Up and Listen today will take home a smoothie party for 20 from our friends over at Smoothie King Carville. There are oodles of Smoothie King locations now in Memphis, including a brand new one inside the Wolf Chase Galleria. While you're doing your shopping this holiday season, stop by the Smoothie King inside of Wolf Chase. Wolf Chase is getting everything now. They got a Chipotle. They got the Cheesecake Factory. There's going to be an Ikea across the street. No, they got a Smoothie King as well inside the Wolf Chase Galleria. There's also now a drive-thru at the Smoothie King Carville location. I took advantage of that a couple weeks ago. But today we're going to give you a Smoothie Party 420 if you have the best call during a hang-up and listen. So what does that entail? That is 20 smoothies for you to use at one time. So if you're going to have a, a watch party at your house, whether it's for the Houston game tonight, or if you're planning on going to the Memphis SEMU game Thanksgiving weekend, be perfect for your tailgate. This is perfect for your tailgate. It is a smoothie party for 20 but our first caller is getting $10 to ease and $5 to TCBY as we turn the show over to you. And we'll play Hang Up and Listen in just a moment. But first, let me tell you, this portion of the show is being brought to you by Playhouse on the Square, Memphis's only professional theater. Man, Playhouse on the Square had an awesome party last night. It was their annual curtain up party. If you missed it, oh, I'm, I feel sorry for you. You can go next year to the curtain up party. It happens every November. Five parties under one roof. It was an awesome event last night, but they've got great plays happening throughout the holiday season, including the annual productions of Tuna Christmas and Peter Pan. Uh, Playhouse on the Square tickets make great holiday gifts. Check out the full list of upcoming shows at PlayhouseOnTheSquare.com and get your loved ones some Playhouse on the Square tickets for the holidays or it just makes a great holiday outing. Go see Tuna Christmas, Peter Pan, uh, the holiday shows. But uh, coming up next year, they've got Billy Elliot, the musical, and the original premiere of the musical Memphis and the Green Day play American Idiot as well. So some cool, cool lineup happening at Playhouse on the Square. That's at the corner of Union and Cooper in the Overton Square Theater District. All right. So every week on this show at noon, we turn it over to you guys and play a game we call Hang Up and Listen. Let's do it now. All right, here we go. 360-8255 is the phone number. 360-8255. You can call in and talk about whatever you want. It doesn't even have to be sports-related, but the one thing it does have to include is you saying hang up and listen at the end. The winner, the best caller today, will get a grand prize. Drew, do you want to remind them what that prize is? The winner of hang up and listen will receive a Smoothie King Party Pack for 20 There we go. That sounds good. Is that good. better? Yeah, it sounds good. Yeah. CJ might be getting replaced. Don't take a week off. You never know. Uh, all right, we're going to go to to uh, to Gene. Gene in Whitehaven. Gene, you're on Hang Up and Listen. What's up, Gene? Hey, what's going on, man? What up? All right. Listen, I want to talk about the situation in Paris. We thought we had learned something from the 9-11, the terrorist attacks on New York City. And we thought we learned something from back in the day 
when they had the hostages held up. Uh, we need to come together as a nation and deal with this issue because this is an issue that's going to get real, real serious at this point in time. There are big sporting events all over the world, especially in the United States, and they're just waiting to do something real bad to uh, stop people from living their lives the way they want to live. And I hang up and listen. All right. Thank you, Jane. Uh, yes, uh, it is It is uh, very sad. We try. Uh, we have not really talked about the events in, in Paris on the show because we try to be an escape from the real, real serious topics because I know if you want uh, to hear people talk about uh, the events in Paris from yesterday, that there are plenty of places to tune in to on cable television or on the Internet uh, to, to, to see and hear people talking about that, but you do bring up a good point, Gene. Um, and yeah, hell, we turn the show over to you guys right now, so we will talk about what you want to talk about. And if Gene wants to hear us talk about Paris for a minute, we'll talk about Paris for a minute. It does raise some concerns. I do wonder is is does France have the same strict uh, type of security that we have? Like you go to the Grizzlies game now, you got to pass through a full on metal detector, like you're at the airport. I mean, they don't have the thing where you have to stand up and hold your hands up and, and like, do body scanners yet. But, I mean, you do. This is the first year that the NBA has implemented that you have to go through a full standing metal detector. It's not the wand anymore. So, I mean, definitely feel safe there uh, when you go to, to, to games locally. And, again, I don't know what it's like over there in Paris, but that was an orchestrated event. And you wonder, like, here in America, we've got uh, outstanding uh, CIA, CIA, and the FBI, and and they're on top of this, trying to you know the the, the key to all of it is just making sure you're on top of uh, before they strike to know what's happening, to to you know be one step ahead. And I wonder how this snuck through that what they got over in Paris, and I wonder if they've got the same system that we got. And you wonder because it's the second attack that they've had, and 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 that's what what, what scare it's scarier to me. I mean, if you're if you're living over there, I feel safer in America, and I say that. But who knows? Who knows what? Who knows? Any day something like this can happen. And in America, I think we have a more likely chance to be attacked right now by somebody who is an American with a gun, uh, with these mass shootings that we have over here that are unrelated to exactly. You know, they don't. They're not. They're not ISIS. They're not terrorist acts. And that's what you'd be more concerned about here, over here. But traveling overseas, this definitely makes me more hesitant because I've always still never been to France. I'd love to go to Paris, and you know, it makes you a little bit, uh, a little bit more hesitant because you just don't know. Because we've got confidence, we know our defense budget over here, and we know uh, so much of our money goes into trying to prevent terrorism since 9/11. But again, over here, we're more concerned about just the crazy white guy with a gun who's going to come after you. Yeah, especially here in America. I mean, it's not like everybody looks suspicious that are doing these types of. Uh, terror acts with the shootings and everything. I mean, it could be the guy sitting next to you on the bus. It could be a guy you're behind you in line that's just going to go crazy and shoot the place up. And that's the thing that's scary about being here. But in America, if a terrorist attack is going to happen, I feel like it would be at a sporting event because sports is something that Americans pride themselves in. It's something that we all uh, love and enjoy. And it's one of the only places where you can honestly get 60,000 people in one place. Yeah, I mean, it's scary. You watching the scene uh, last night in Paris, all the f- people on the uh, the soccer field uh, in the middle of, of that soccer field with the, with the terrorist attacks happening in and around that area, and you see movies like The Dark Knight uh, Rises, where that's what they attacked. But you hope not. You hope not. And we they've got security measures in place to try to prevent it. And if something like that, you know, can be stopped. At the very beginning, if it does get to that stage, who knows? But I don't know. I, you definitely know. If I was living in, in Paris, I would be scared. And I'd be like, we've got to figure out. what's This is the second time this, something like this has happened in the same year. And then here in the United States, we should be scared too. But more so what's happening here is the ones where you can't predict. You can kind of monitor and you can take tips like 9-11 there's you know debates on whether or not we had tips or something about 9-11 but we take every one of those tips seriously since 9-11 everything's not like the the u.s like it takes all that stuff seriously we got the drones we got all that stuff but the drones and the the tips that can't stop what is our biggest threat which is these 
people with these mental disorders getting a hold of guns and shooting places up. That's the scary thing here. And you can't live your life in fear, but if you were worried about what's going to happen uh, here in the United States, it's, it, we're killing ourselves with some of these uh, – the easy access to some of these guns and the mass shootings, which are a little bit different than, than what happened in, in Paris yesterday. But very sad stuff, and we didn't want to spend too much time on it because we're trying to be the you know the escape from that. Because if you want to, to see that news, you know where to go to talk about, uh, to hear people talk about all of that. So we're going to keep going on Hang Up and Listen. We're going to go to Sam, who's in uh, Whitehaven as well. Sam, you're on Hang Up and Listen. What's up, Sam? Hey, Kevin. Hey. Hey, Kevin, uh, we're just a uh, bold committee. Picking the top fourteen. In my mind, there's no uh, uh there's seemingly there's no standard on uh, picking the top fourteen. Uh, some of the guys they uh you know they uh they uh go by the eye test and, and, and sign by the schedule. But as a fan, we don't know uh how these guys pick these top fourteen because uh, looking at uh Notre Dame, I don't think I, I, I think template. It's only uh top twenty team that the uh Irish have beaten this season, Kevin. Uh and uh that the guys don't have no kind of rules or uh uh things to go by. They just sort of like a health scared method of uh picking the top fourteen, man. Uh I don't understand it. As a fan, because uh, last year Archie Manning uh you know, representing the uh the South he quit. <laughs> I wonder why Archie quit, man. Because maybe the thing was kind of crazy down there, man. I, I don't understand it, man. Well, maybe you and Drew can give me some uh, some explanation on how they took the top four teams. Uh, is it about schedule or uh, uh, kit, You know, and all those things, man. And I ain't going to listen. Thanks, Thanks all right. man. All right. Thank you, Sam. That is, that is how it's done. I'm starting to think that this is how they do it. The whole college football playoff committee, they get together they, every week at a different bar and they just keep ordering shots and they keep ordering shots. And at the end of the night, they're like, oh, crap, well, we got to make the list. And they write the list on a napkin and then they go turn it in and they call an Uber, come pick them up. Do they use the uh, Cerrito uh, My code? promo code. Promo code. Which will now... Get you fifteen dollars off your first ride. Uber Cerrito, U B E R C E R R I T O. Type that into your Uber. Get fifteen dollars off your first ride on Uber. Download the Uber app. It's a great way to travel around the city. But I, th- I am thinking that the college football playoff committee is the stupidest uh, group of folks. And they're not so stupid. Maybe they're not stupid as much as they are biased. But there is some bias, and there's so much human error in there. And people won't talk about having uh, should they in baseball should there be more instant replay, or should balls and strikes be called by uh, computers, things like that. I'm like no, like people are like no, no, no. The human element of the game. I don't think we need a human element in deciding. I do not like the human element deciding this because it should be the resume. That's what it is for the NC2A basketball tournament. Wichita State doesn't become a number one seed based on eye test. They were undefeated, so they got it. And it's resume. It's what have you done? How many times have you lost? Who have you lost to? And who have you beat? No eye test. That's why Alabama, it still makes me sick that Alabama's up there. Rooting against Alabama every week. And I got nothing against Alabama fans. But, I mean, Alabama, had des- they've deserved all of their championships in the modern era. The past few years, every time they've won with Nick Saban, they deserved it. This year, they don't, and they're up there. And that's not right, just because they wear Alabama on their shirt. You take what they've done, and you strip the names off, and you match them up. Last week, the Tigers, this time last week, the Tigers had a better resume than Alabama, and Alabama was given a top four spot, and Memphis was number 13. I don't think they know what they're doing. The thing with the playoff committee and the selection and everything, there's no real perfect system. And there's people are going to be upset no matter if it's human element or if you go back to the BCS where it's computers um, determining everything. And that was a big argument with the BCS and why people didn't like the BCS is because they thought it needed a human element. It needed that not just blind resume type of thing. And now that you have the human element, people are complaining that it's too much 
of the eye test too much of bias. But it's all it's it's all human right now. And I think that's the problem. But you you look at where we are, where we are in the football season right now. There's like what three weeks? We've got three Saturdays. Is it three Saturdays counting today left in the college football season? Regular season. Right. Three Saturdays. And you look at these, we we mentioned them earlier. Iowa, Oklahoma State, Houston, Baylor. You got undefeated teams. Are you telling me that not one of those is somehow gonna one of those teams is somehow gonna be undefeated at the end of the year, right? You would think. And they're gonna be left out with an Alabama team if they run the table being in there. It's Yes, I think the the, the the obvious fix to this to the to the uh, to the Nimrods that are deciding this stuff would be eight teams. So you go to eight. You want to include as many teams as possible. So yeah, dream scenario you have sixteen teams, but the more teams in it, the less margin of error of not including somebody because then it's decided on the field because that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to decide it on the field, and the more teams that are in it, deciding it on the field in the college football playoffs, four is too low of a number. And I'd argue I don't think it's better than the BCS really. I don't. I don't think it is either. Because it's, it's got this uh, facade around it. These smoke screens are trying to make you seem like it's more fair than the BCS because we're inclu- including more people. But not if you include an Alabama who wouldn't be in the actual national championship. Then they get a shot. Or Ohio State last year didn't deserve it. They got in and they won it. Uh, so I'm not a big fan of this four. Make it eight. I mean, I'm like, hey, hey it, it, at the end of the day, it's more fair because you're going to have more teams and it's going to be played on the field. But if you're going to be putting in teams that don't deserve to be in those four, uh, I don't know. But we've only got a couple weeks left. Three weeks left, counting today. That is sad. So we have a championship Saturday uh, in about a month. But three weeks left and some really good undefeated teams uh, that are not in the top four. So we'll see how that plays out. We're playing Hang Up and Listen. The phone number is 360-8255. 360-8255. Call in. Talk about whatever you want. Be sure to end your phone call with I'm going to hang up and listen. The winner is going to get that Smoothie King Carville party for 20. We're going to go to our next caller, Mike. He's in the Dirty Dova. Mike, you're on Hang Up and Listen. What's up, Mike? Well, the simple thing with the committee just follows the money. <laughs> right. And you got four athletic directors on there, you know, from the big conferences. You know, they want to keep the money, and so do the televisions want to keep the money. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. Sure. There's no eye test. It's like looking at something. They just change They just change the parameters when they want to change it. Yeah. They got control. There's nothing you can do about it. I'm happy to do it. Tigers are doing what they're doing, you know. Uh, that's a question I had for you, a couple of things. Uh, downtown, they're talking about a water park on the Arkansas side of the river. And also, they're talking about Andy Cates. Developing Mud Island. Now, what do you know about that? Now, hang up and listen. All right, thank you, Mike. Talk about whatever you want. It does not have to uh, be sports related. I, I know if you read in, the, I think it was in the paper this week or, or last week, but they are definitely trying to figure out what to do with Mud Island. And my original plan for Mud Island was to put the Zip and Pippin over there before they sold it to Green Bay. I thought that'd be a cool spot to ride a roller coaster on the Mississippi River. Well, we don't have that roller coaster anymore. And they're talking about zip lines. I think it's a good spot, possibly, for zip lines. Zip lines are... They're an in thing now. If you travel anywhere, I was up... Uh, one of these weeks we had off, I went up to the uh, Smoky Mountains. Everywhere is zip line, zip line, zip line. But you got to have a good scenic. You know, if you're going to have a zip line course, it needs to be like a good video game level. You know, you got mountains, that'd be a good level. The zip line by the river, that'd be a good level. They've got them out at Shelby Farms, though. i got to check those out, actually. So I'd like I'd say I think a zip line would be a good idea. Um, upgrades to the amphitheater maybe would be a good idea. Uh, obviously restaurants, if it could work, but it's just not. It just hasn't. It hasn't worked. Tourists love that little river thing, and kids like the river thing. So you have to keep that with whatever you do for Mud Island over there. A water park, a water park on the, over there in West Memphis. That's not a bad idea. I think a water park could like, like they recommended a water park for the fairgrounds, and I don't think that this is a good idea to put it in the fairgrounds. So I don't think it will work. But would it work West Memphis? Would it work a water park in Arlington? At one point, would it work in Tunica? There was a guy who um, 
just bought the Harris. Somebody, some rich people just bought the Harris uh, ground. I think it's too late for Tunica. Memphis's hope to get a water park was really if Tunica took off and Tunica built a water park. Maybe West Memphis. Build one not too close from Southland Gaming and Racing. I think West Memphis would probably be the best location between Tunica and uh, West Memphis, just because West Memphis is right there. It's not Tunica's closer. Yeah, I'm, I'm, it's I, very much. It's more closer. It's more connected to the city, and you can still call it the Memphis Water Park or whatever you want. I don't think do. there's space on Mud Island without getting rid of too much stuff. You got to keep the amphitheater. That's an awesome spot, but you could upgrade the amphitheater, make it bigger or better, because uh, Memphis does. Outside of Snowden Grove, yes, Snowden Grove down there. It's a great facility. But the city of Memphis doesn't have an awesome uh, amphitheater outside of that one, which is a good one. It's a great facility, but it could be uh, upgraded a little bit. I do think that's a good – I mean, I, don't even, I haven't heard the rumor about the water park in West Memphis, but I think that's a good spot because you're closest to the hotels where everybody's staying. So the tourists are going to be easily able to go to it. Who are visiting, and that's what you want. And you, but you can't put one downtown. That doesn't make any logical sense. You don't put a water park downtown. But island's too small for it. If you were going to put it somewhere else, I like to see a water park. It's starting to get cold, and we're talking about going to to, to water parks. All right, we're playing. Hang up and listen. The phone number is three six zero eighty two fifty five three six zero eighty two fifty five. They did recommend one for the fairgrounds. I just don't see that happening. The fairgrounds needs to be a little bit more of a something neighborhoodish. Uh, for the surrounding, uh, the neighborhood of Orange Mountain, Cooper Young, and and all of that, I don't see the water park working, working next to the uh, the house that the king built. All right, playing hang up and listen. We're gonna go to Bob. Bob's on Mud Island. Is that true? All right, Bob, you're on hang up and listen. What's up, Bob? Yes, I am, and I have two questions and a comment. First of all, um, just came up a set of stairs. Apologize. That's right. Uh, why don't we have why? What was the parameter on the committee? For who would be the selection committee? Why do we have no outside the Power Five ADs or anyone associated so we can get that perspective? Since in this this year, Memphis might have crashed the party. That's the first question. And living on Mud Island and enjoying coming down here for years, we just moved down here about a year ago. And the traffic has, has I want to say it's gone up exponentially, but it's gone up quite a bit. And when you throw in something like a theme park or something like that on the other side of Mud Island, they're going to have to build a bridge or do something because it's already gotten, I don't want to say out of control, but sometimes just getting off the island in the mornings might be 15 minutes. So I'll hang up and listen. All right. Thanks, Bob. Good point. And yeah, and that comes from some of our conversation earlier of what does Memphis do? Tourist versus the locals, because you gotta you gotta do stuff. To, you gotta spend money to, and you gotta do things to boost local tourism. I don't think the city's gonna build uh, anything on there necessarily, except they're gonna give tax breaks or something for somebody to put something on Mud Island to get better use. I it would be make sense, but yeah, you gotta you gotta factor in the traffic. Over there, um, the Auction Street Bridge that takes you over to Mud Island, uh, past the pyramid. Traffic's going to continue to increase. Um, if the Pinch District comes back, the trolley comes back. Maybe some people will start using the trolleys whenever they come back, and you can uh, it'll lessen the traffic. There is the Tom Cruise tram that goes over to Mud Island, but I can't. You can't have traffic stop you from doing something with Mud Island because Mud Island's a good. It's, it's a good spot. Could be a great spot because you got to utilize that river as Memphians and whatever they decide to do there. I think the easiest logical use doing some type of zip lines to accompany something else would not cost too much and would be something cool that locals would do uh, and would be something that tourists would do. It's an activity. It's also a family friendly activity and it complements Bass Pro. Yeah, I'd do a zip line, definitely. I mean, I've never done one before. It's something that I would like to do. And if it's right there on the city, right there on the yeah. river, you know, great scenic scene of the city, it'd be pretty cool. Uh, all right, we're playing Hang Up and Listen for a few more minutes. If you want to jump in and get a phone call in, you can, 360-8255, 360-8255. It is a special three-hour edition of the program uh, right now. In a little bit, Drew will update you on the scores from around the country if anything exciting is happening. Uh, we will let you know. But the other part um, of his phone call is trying to figure out uh, this college football 
committee because it's now people complain about the BCS, but it was a computer, you know, deciding so much of it when you had the BCS. And now you know that you've got biases on it. And the computer never would put, never in a million years put Alabama up there. The computer just would, Alabama would not be up there on that list. I mean, I trust the computer more than I trust this committee. As we look at this committee, which is a committee full of uh, a bunch of old white men, Condoleezza Rice and Tyrone Willingham. That's your committee. You've got Jeff Long, who's the chairman of the committee, the vice chancellor and director of athletics at the University of Arkansas, Fayetteville. Barry Alvarez, director of athletics at the University of Wisconsin. So you go. You got your SEC bias of Arkansas. You got your your uh, another uh, conference bias, a Wisconsin bias, actually. Um, you have Lieutenant General Mike Gould, former superintendent of the United States Air Force Academy. Kirby Hotcut, uh, director of athletics at Texas Tech. Uh, you've got the former NC2A executive vice president. You have Vanderbilt's former head coach, Bobby Johnson. You have Tom Osborne, former head coach and director of athletics at the University of Nebraska. Uh, you have the director of athletics at Clemson. <laughs> Clemson being number one is, they're not falling out of that number one spot uh, unless they lose, and they're going to still be in the top four if they lose. Condoleezza Rice, of course, um, she was the uh, professor at Stanford University our former Secretary of State, the only female on the committee, and one of two black people on the committee, uh, former uh, Big East Commissioner uh, Mike Trangizi, uh, you have former college football reporter for USA Today, you and Tyrone uh, Willingham, who's the former head coach of three different uh, football schools, including he was also the Sporting News Sportsman of the Year in 2012. Not a very diverse committee. Uh-oh, we have an upset watch. Right, North Carolina is- State, 17. The 16th-ranked Florida State Seminoles, 7. Oh. You've also got TCU and Kansas tied at 10 with what? 444 to go in the with second Kansas? quarter. With Kansas? Oh, wow. All right, so we got some possible upsets happening in the college football universe. If uh, scores happen, we will keep you abreast of that. But um, it's that interrupted me listing the bios of these the committees, which uh, – it's, it's atrocious. It's atrocious. Um, here is what they say. If you go to the website for selection committee, frequently asked questions. What is the voting procedure? The committee identifies small groups of teams and then will evaluate those teams against each other in a detailed and uh, deliberative manner. The committee members then vote the teams into the rankings. What criteria does the selection committee use to rank the teams? The committee selects the teams using a process that distinguishes among otherwise comparable teams by considering conference championships one strength of schedule, head-to-head competition, comparative outcomes of common opponents without incenting a margin of victory, and incentivizing uh, other relevant factors that may have affected a team's performance during the season or likely will affect its postseason Performance. So they mentioned head-to-head competition, <clears throat> Memphis Ole Miss, uh, Memphis Ole Miss and Alabama Ole Miss, comparative outcomes, uh, strength of schedule. It's all baloney. Did you say conference championships won? Yeah, I'm guessing they're that, talking that about that be, at the uh, end of the year. I guess that, oh, I'm okay. assuming, I but who say, knows? Maybe otherwise, they can, that's they can going off that what you've done in the past, like and that's historical. being biased. Yeah. Maybe they do. I mean, I'm guessing that that means that like, if you want it at the end of the year, they throw that into consideration, which was a big deal. They might have added that in, actually, after the whole uh, Baylor-TCU dispute. Like, let's add that one in there and say conference championship's a big deal since they can't win one. All right. <laughs> that does it for Hang Up and Listen. We'll decide the winner over the commercial break. And we'll continue to watch these scores for you. It's a three-hour edition of the show coming up in our third hour at 1 o'clock. Dustin Five Star will join us in studio, and uh, we'll talk some professional wrestling. Uh, but up next, we'll talk to Brian Finley from Local 24. You're listening to Cerrito Live on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 87.7 FM. Welcome back to Cerrito Live. Here once again is Kevin Cerrito. Welcome back.
special three-hour edition of the show today. About to be joined by Brian Finley. But first, let me uh, tell you, this portion of the show is being brought to you by Indy Memphis. Indy Memphis would like to thank you for being a part of its festival again this year. The Indy Memphis Film Festival wrapped up on a Tuesday night with the screening of Orion about a guy who has the similar voice of Elvis Presley and made a career out of wearing a mask and fooling people into thinking he might be Elvis Presley. That was a fun documentary, but uh, there's a lot of parties and and panels and movies uh, being shown uh, over the festival this year, which expanded to eight days, both in downtown and in midtown. Check out who won at IndieMemphis.com. Go to IndieMemphis.com, the Indie Memphis Film Festival. We'll be back again next year. And, of course, they sponsor my trivia night. Um, every month when we do movie trivia, it's coming up the first Monday of December. We'll be doing Christmas movie trivia. That's right, Christmas movie trivia. Presented by Indie Memphis. That'll be happening at Swinehouse on the first Monday of the month. We'll have prizes from our friends over there at Indie Memphis. We're proud partners with the Indie Memphis Film Festival. It was so much fun. I think I saw 12 movies, 12 movies in eight days. And most of them were like a three-day period, but man, I saw oodles of movies at Indie Memphis. It's such a, such a, such a fun event, and uh, the trivia nights are fun too. The uh, Christmas movie trivia happening the first Monday of uh, next month, the month of December. The holidays are getting close. We got a bunch of holiday-themed uh, Christmas nights coming up in my trivia's. Uh, check out CerritoTrivia.com for the calendar. But I announced a bunch of them yesterday. Uh, Drew, let me know if you, any of these sound like you could do well. And we're doing a Christmas story trivia on December the 1st at Rec Room. I win that. We're doing Christmas Name That Tune, uh, December 2nd and 3rd, happening at Green Beetle on Tampa Tap. We're going to do, of course, Christmas movie presented by Indy Memphis on December 7th. Uh, we're going to do Elf Trivia, the movie Elf Trivia. We're do The Will Ferrell film Elf. Elf Trivia is happening on the uh, 8th of December at Rec Room. Uh, we've got Love Actually Trivia. I know you love that movie. What movie? Love Actually. I don't know. Which if a lot of people it. were real passionate about. It, I found out on Twitter. It's that romantic comedy uh, set around the holidays with Rick from Walking Dead. Yeah, I've never seen it. That's December fourteenth. Uh, Star Wars trivia, not really a holiday thing, but the new Star Wars movie's coming out, so that's happening. A Home Alone trivia, Christmas Vacation trivia. We'll be doing that uh, in December as well on the twenty first at Swinehouse. We'll have a costume contest dressed as dressed as your favorite Christmas vacation character. And we'll wrap the month up. We got, uh, we'll do Back to the Future trivia again one more time. And we've got 2015 Year in Review trivia where we ask questions about stuff that's happened this year. We had a big slate of stuff. Uh, host trivia, of course, four nights a week. Next week, Monday's James Bond's trivia. Tuesday and Wednesday, we're doing Hunger Games trivia. And Thursday's the Pro Wrestling Trivia Fall Brawl, which we'll talk about more in the next hour. We do need to announce the winner of Hang Up and Listen. The winner of Hang Up and Listen is Bob. Bob, call me back. All right, Bob, give us a call back. Get set up with your prize. You are the winner of Hang Up and Listen. That means you get that awesome smoothie party pack. So it's a smoothie party for 20 from our friends at Smoothie King in Carterville. All right. Uh, let's see. There's so many sports topics going on that we thought we would turn to um, – Talk to one of our favorite uh, people on the TV here locally. And not only that, but I make my big triumphant return, Drew. There's a special announcement. You ready for the special announcement? You never know what's going to happen. I'm ready. But I made my triumphant return to guest hosting local Memphis Live uh, on Friday, next week. This coming Friday, uh, 9 a.m. on Local 24. I'll be uh, sitting in as a guest host on Local Memphis Live. So in honor of that, we thought we'd talk to, to one of our good friends from Local 24. Uh, he is one of the sports reporters. He's Brian Finley. Brian joins us now. What's up, Brian? Hey, what's going on, man? Hey, congrats, man. You're, you're doing a lot of hosting, man. I'm proud of you. <laughs> oh, you're proud of me? I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you because oh, you're, you're going to have to sit through a Memphis Tiger basketball game today. You know, man, it's it's a must win. I mean, what is it? They say it's about a, they should win by about 18 and a half, 19 points. I think that's the spread or, or the line on that game. And, you know, it's going to be interesting because with both the football and basketball kind of going uh, going on around the same time-ish, it's like, will you have the Tiger fans stay home, watch games on TV? Will you go to the basketball and avoid the football? You know, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, it's a tough – it's 
it seems like a lot of this uh, Tiger basketball season is happening, like, uh, you know, in the darkness of night, like try, trying to just, like, make it happen really fast and get it over with when nobody notices it. Because they, they did their fan day. Their fan day was on a college football Saturday uh, as well a couple weeks ago. Nobody, like, really knew what was happening at all. Yeah. Uh, and the, then they had an 8 o'clock exhibition uh, last Friday night. And then today you've got Southern Miss. Happening on college football Saturday, which usually wouldn't be a big deal if the Tigers were the way they were a few years ago. You know, if the city was excited yeah. about it, it'd be a, they would go to people would go to that game. But now you've got the conflicts and you got the Memphis football game happening at the exact same time. A big game against yeah. Houston. Yeah, that's going to be impressive, and you know, it's it's going to be interesting, especially when you think about the Tigers basketball. I mean, one of the mottos and one of the narratives that Josh Pastner is using in these press conferences. This year is, he, he describes this team as one where we're going to undersell, but we're going to overperform. And that's sort of in a nutshell how he's taking this year with his team and playing and coaching with a chip on his shoulder because he knows there's a lot of people out there that aren't happy with what he's doing and, you know, he's ready to try to prove them wrong. Yeah. So Southern Mississippi, a longtime rival for. Your uh, Memphis Tigers tipping off the season tonight. Did, do, you, do you think he's going to? Because, okay, so the past couple uh, weeks, people were finally starting to talk about Tiger basketball. And mm-hmm. and then you're reminded, okay, there's two McDonald's All-Americans on this team. You got, you got this new guard who can, who, who can play point guard. You've got your, your kind of possibly looking at a team that actually is not that bad. Just, they just don't have Austin Nichols. You got Shaq, good one coming back as a senior. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you missed a little bit of the rim protector with Austin Nichols gone. And I think some of the perimeter defense is something that a coach pastor wants to work on. But yeah, you've got three point shooters. You've got height. And, you know, when he was talking this week, he's like, Hey, we have the 12th rated recruiting class in the country for the class of 2015. He said, No, that's not the 112th. He said, That's not the 212th. He said, you got to know your math. We're the twelfth, and he was really confident and proud about it because he, he, even without Nichols, he is very, very set on this team. He's very proud with what he has with this squad, and I think they're going to surprise a lot of people this year. I, 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 and again, it, it won't take much, really, right? People, the expectations yeah. are low. Um, so I would think, and here's what I'm wondering, though, right now. So we've got the big game tonight. It's the Tigers' first game of the year, and the Grizzlies are off tonight. They're not playing a game, I don't believe. Um, so d- does Mario Chalmers go vi- to his first Tiger basketball game this evening? <laughs> well, I think what I heard is that they're actually flying out. The Grizzlies are flying out this afternoon in Minnesota. So um, I heard that they're yeah. taking a flight out this afternoon. So unfortunately, they'll be gone. But if they were in town, I would think so, because, you know, he said some very interesting things in, in his first time talking to the Memphis media. I mean, he was like, he said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here to make a statement for myself after what went down in Miami for him. He said, you know, I have a lot to prove. I want to bring defense. I want to bring my outside shooting. And, he, and, he, and speaking of his outside shooting, he said, and I, this is a quote from him, I want to hit big shots at Can- or I want to hit big shots here in Memphis like I did at Kansas. And, you know, you love you love his 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 confidence and his energy there, but I wonder how that sits with Tiger fans. Yeah, <laughs> I mean the game last <laughs> night. The game last night should start winning some people over. He had, he had a terrific yeah. outing from from Mario Chalmers uh, last night, helping the Grizzlies win that ball game. They may not have won if it was Bano uh, playing those same minutes. Let's look at this, Brian. I just want to have fun. Brian Finley's joining us from Local Twenty Four. Uh, okay, we've got. He's not going to. So there's no way Mario Chalmers is going to be uh, making a cameo appearance in the crowd at FedEx Forum tonight against Southern Miss because yeah the game's two thirty tip tomorrow against the T Wolves before they travel back uh, to Memphis for a big game Monday night where they wear those uh, sweet looking sounds jerseys. Have you seen those? <laughs> they look fantastic, you know, and I think that people should embrace those. I know some people are like, "What are they wearing on Monday?" But those are the real deal. That font is awesome. The, those were the, that's the I've I've liked all of the uh, the Memphis ABA throwbacks. Of course, uh, Memphis having three different ABA teams um, over the years, they had three different options for for jerseys. The pros being one, and that was the first throwbacks the Grizzlies Grizzlies wore. Then that's uh, the Tams, which were the the ugliest 
uh, throwbacks possible. I thought they were so ugly that they were cool. Uh, and I love the name Tams, which I don't know if you know, Brian, but it stood for Tennessee, Arkansas, oh. and Mississippi. So for the name of the, okay. the team, the ABA team was the Tams. It stood for Tennessee, Arkansas, Mississippi, trying to, you know, embrace the Mid-South market there. And, and then of course the sounds, which I think they were hesitant on the sounds, maybe because that's the name of Nashville's AAA team now in baseball. It's the Nashville sounds. I don't know if that was why they were hesitant to bring this one back and this was why it's last in the rotation or they wanted to save the best for last. I'm not sure. I do know that the Grizzlies organization does a fantastic job with game day experience. And with that, they're so creative with promotions and, and especially with, you know, all these showcasing of jerseys and stuff like that. They do a fantastic job. I mean, they're, they're very creative and they've got a lot of great minds in there. They come up with these great ideas of bringing back these throwback jerseys. And I think the city needs to adopt these jerseys, man. I mean, hey, if you hate them, there's something wrong because they are, pretty sweet i think they're better than the regular jerseys i i I, yeah. I i really think they're awesome and they they just and they look very memphis they look very memphis the so those jerseys are monday night they come home monday night uh and we'll wear those for the first time against the oklahoma city thunder and then they're they're off tuesday wednesday and thursday before having mm-hmm. a home game on friday against the houston rockets well that's interesting so we've got houston on the Grizzlies schedule and and the tiger football schedule here Big week of some games yeah. against Houston. So if the football team can't win today, the Grizzlies can try to get revenge against the Rockets on Friday, which won't be too difficult because this Rockets team is is uh, far from playing up to their potential. And, and yeah, and I think that, yeah, you're absolutely right. So we've got a possible revenge. So that so that makes me back to this. So we're trying to figure out when Mario Chalmers is going to make his big big debut. Well, when he, I think that the more game-winning shots he hits with the Grizzlies, the more fans are going to embrace him and forgive him. I think it's going to be a process for him. You think he's but, walking around town with sunglasses on and trying to cover his face? I think after last night he can walk around like a normal citizen. Yes, yes. I think because I think he knew that they needed him to win games and to come in and re-energize this team and get them back where they used to play like last year and where we Grizzlies fans know them. And and he knew that he has to be a big part of that. And so and, and you saw what he did last night. And I think fans are going to, like you said, start to embrace him because, yeah, he's got that history. But if you win ball games here in Memphis, you will be quickly, quickly forgiven. It's a great story. It's a great story if he can become this guy that everybody – and it's not that people really hated Mario Chalmers as much as they hate that. I thought they hated the moment, and they didn't want to see the moment because it made them feel bad. It made people want to throw up, and like you just didn't want to watch him on your screen, and the association with Mario Chalmers was uh, something that, that you didn't want to be a part of. But then he comes out – Okay, first off, you're you're an, so you're an outsider, Brian. You've been in Memphis for about two years mm-hmm. now. And yeah, what uh, what did you re- How would you have thought if Memphis would have booed him last night? He didn't get booed. He came out to cheers. Well, I mean, Memphis. You, you, when you look at a, a sports town, they're really in the country. Memphis fans are some of the most passionate sports fans in the country, and. They hold grudges against players and, and teams that, that did them wrong. I mean, they will never forget what the Clippers do and continue to do to them. They'll never forget these players. So um, for them to kind of absolve of him that quickly was pretty surprising because of what he did in, 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 in that national championship game. So that, I think that is that's something that's, that says a lot about the franchise and it says a lot about the fans here that they're usually not that forgiving of players that did wrong against their hometown teams. But once they put the jersey on, I think it does change. I mean, look at Matt Barnes. He pretty well accepted really quick, but still didn't have that moment. Like, Mario Chalmers, if he did not make that three-pointer, the University of Memphis Tigers would have a championship banner hanging up at FedEx Forum. And I know people would say, oh, no, that Final Four got taken away, yada, yada. They wouldn't have taken away if it was the championship. They never do to take away the championships. And uh, that... It's bad memories. It's bad memories if you were one shot away from from winning at all, even though it was John Calipari's fault for not fouling and preventing a three uh, from even happening. But anyway, so you say if the fans would have booed him, you would have thought that would have been okay. I mean, I don't think they necessarily should have, but I can understand why they They would. If it it did happen. Yeah, because the program hasn't been at that level since then. And so... You 
they're just frustrated. They want to get back to that level, and Chambers stole the limelight from them on that last opportunity to get to win a national championship. They haven't been playing at that level since then. There might have been a better chance last night if one of the members of management, whether it's Robert Para or Chris Wallace or John Hollinger, if one of them was for some reason introduced to the crowd last night, there's a chance that they might have got a little boo, come on, like being like, come on now, why are you making us cheer for this guy? Uh, but I was yeah. surprised. I was su- uh, surprised he got cheered. I would have been okay with it. I thought he should have got booed at first, but his performance last night, 19 minutes, he had 11 points, 2 assists, and 4 steals. I mean, that's his best game he's had in ages. Yeah, and I think when you put him and Connolly on the floor together, I mean, that is some special stuff, man. That That is a winning combination right there. They play off each other so well. They're really good friends off the court. They've got really good chemistry, and I think that's just going to continue to improve as they get more reps and more practices and games together. I mean, that is a a, a, a dynamite combination. Uh, Brian Finley is joining us from Local24. You can follow him at Brian Finley on Twitter. That's Brian with a Y. Uh, okay, so let's get back to this this uh, this schedule tonight. So you'll be at FedEx Forum, right, uh, for yeah, the Tiger yeah. basketball game tonight. So you'll have to be kind of following the, the football game as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking at the schedule because I wanted to try to figure out if, in the event, Mario Chalmers would make a Grizzlies cameo at a Tigers game. It would have to happen. It usually happens at big games. So our first big sure. shot really is it really is this week. The Tigers are playing at 4 p.m. in the afternoon against Oklahoma on Tuesday. That's a a day that I guess most people would take off work, but I guess it's part of the 24-hour kickoff or tip-off of basketball. Yeah, or yeah. That's what I heard. Yeah. So Grizzlies have a few days off. Memphis playing a big opponent in Oklahoma at home. That's your first shot for a possible Mario Chalmers sighting in the crowd at a Tiger basketball game. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, he, hey, look out for him. I, I don't see why he would not want to be there. Because uh, it's a big game. You know, he likes to watch some good some good basketball. There'll be maybe other opportunities for that, but they get back on the road. So this week, that's it. So we're going to keep our Mario Chalmers at a Tiger basketball game because yeah. that's what's le- that's what well, we've seen his Grizzlies debut at home now. Now I want to see him in the crowd at a Tigers game, just chilling and see see if he will uh, take that. Take that risk because that would be a that would be a big risk. So, what are your thoughts on the Memphis uh, football team last week? Terrible, uh, disappointing moment uh, when you go down to Navy, uh, being 13 in the country when you really should be probably eight in the country. But that's uh, that's another story. They're now 21. Uh, big game against Houston today uh, could decide. If they lose today, the chances of a championship game in Memphis are completely off the table. Yeah, I mean, I still, you know. Uh... It's the defense, and that's sort of been one of the stories, storylines for this whole season for the Tigers is they just can't stop. Well, they really, they they really kind of showed themselves in the sense that they have a really hard time stopping the run, and especially when you get that triple option look from Navy. But they have to buckle down defensively. I know that was what Coach Fuente was really honing in on this week in practice because you know your your offense is incredible and you can put up points, but. Man, I mean, you have got to stop teams. And Houston, they are a, a tremendous talent. Again, two top 25 teams that are playing each other, Memphis and Houston. And that game is on the road. And like you said, Kevin, it's probably a must win, you know, if you think about it, for for Tiger fans in, in a sense of they want to get in that conference title conversation. Yeah, the, the triple option. That's interesting. Uh, cause I, do, that might, is it possible? Is it possible that that's just what caused the Tigers last week? Can they just say, hey, look, we don't play Navy very often. They play in the triple option. Uh, we're not used to seeing that. Uh, we're going to get used to seeing. I mean, Justin Fuente, if he remains the coach at the University of Memphis, Paxton Lewis, if he were, you know, if these guys remain on the, uh, this team. Memphis eventually is going to be used to playing the triple option, but they're not right now. Because Navy just entered in the American Athletic Conference, how much of a factor was that last Saturday? Yeah, I mean, you can try to replicate that in practice and, and teach your players and watch tape about how Navy goes about their offense. But until you get reps and you face them, you know, because you don't really face teams like that very often. At least the Tigers haven't this year, and so you know, there's nothing more important than than game experience and reps against that kind of offense and that's something that you really can't replicate you can try to in practice you can watch all the tape you can and and want but until you go up against it 
it's tough. And I think that was a, a concern and, and, a, and an issue for the Tigers because you just don't see that that often. It's just you just your instincts about where to pick up, you know, you know, where how to read different, you know, parts of that offensive style of play. I mean, it's not instinct like maybe you would when you face other offenses because you see other offenses more often. Right. Okay, we're wrapping things up with Brian Finley from Local 24. Watch him all the time on your TV. Before I let you go, though, I have to ask, um, I know you recently uh, became best friends with McLovin. <laughs> yeah, I, was gonna, I was hoping you were going to say something about that. Oh, my God. Uh, so, I was hoping. So M- McLovin was at, uh, for some reason, was at an Ole Miss game. Can you shine some light why he was there? Did you talk to him or figure out why was he in an Ole Miss game a couple weeks ago? Yeah, so apparently, so somebody was like, dude, did you see McLovin? He's on the sidelines of the Ole Miss-Texas A&M game. I'm like, what? And I was like, wow. So I said, you know, you only live once. I mean, you got to go up there and, and say hi to him or something. You know, he's, you know, maybe Kevin, he's your idol. Maybe he is mine. I mean, I'm not going to not admit that. <laughs> but, yeah, we <laughs> we went, I, you know, we went down there and I said, all right, got to say hi to this guy. Really nice guy. Very approachable, very personable. And he said that game at Ole Miss was the first college football game he's ever been to in his life. Oh wow! And I said, and I said, wow, you picked a, a pretty good spot to do that. He said he has a friend in Oxford, came down to visit, and he said he went out on the square the night before, had a blast. He said the tailgating was it blew him away at the Grove, and um, he couldn't couldn't have met a nicer guy. I mean, he was just down to earth. He was not bigger than the moment, and. You know, he was uh, spending a lot of time talking with the Ole Miss cheerleaders, um, <laughs> and you know, hey, you know, taking a lot of pictures with them, and maybe seeing what they were up to later after the game. But uh, I didn't quite get myself involved in that conversation. But um, no, it was he was a great guy, and uh, you know, he he was everybody that came up to him. He had time for, and was just really open and and just a really friendly personality. I can only imagine. Like, did you call him McLovin? I don't even know his real celebrity name. I don't even know it either. And that's people <laughs> just yelling for him. Yeah, that's everybody was calling him. You know, right. um, but he's a big sports fan. He just has never been down here to down to Oxford. And um, he honestly, he seemed blown away by the experience. I mean, I think he was he was having a blast. He picked a good he picked a good uh, college football game to go to for his for his first one. All right, Brian, thanks for. Uh, Thanks for joining us uh, here this week. We'll catch up with you again soon. Everybody watch Brian uh, every, well, at least five days a week over there on Local 24. I'll be on there on Friday uh, morning. So, yeah, thanks, Brian. Kevin, thank you. Love your show. All right, thanks. This is Brian Finley from Local 24. Follow him at Brian Finley on Twitter, Local 24 sports reporter. Always fun uh, chatting with McLovin's best friend. So, all right, we got a three-hour show today, so that means we got one more hour to go. Next hour, we're going to spend focused on pro wrestling. We're the only show in town that talks a little pro wrestling here in the wrestling capital of the world, Memphis, Tennessee. Dustin Five Star is going to join us in studio. Andrew uh, Goldstein, former WWE writer, will join us as well as we preview Survivor. Survivor Series, uh, which is happening next week, and try to figure out where the WWE is going since the WWE title become uh, has become vacated and is now up for grabs in a tournament. We've got to fill out our brackets. We'll do that live on the air uh, when we come back as well. You are listening to Serena Live on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 87.7 FM.